What's up, everybody? Misfit Athletics Cycle 2 podcast. Drew, Hunter, Sherb in studio, and then somewhere out in the internet land, Seth. Seth, say hi to your friends. I'm here. I'm here. I swear. <laughs> this He's episode here. of the podcast is brought to you by Sharpen the Axe. July is going to be a very big month for Sharpen the Axe. We have July 8th, the STA Summer Collection. Um, kind of a hybrid board short, wad short coming out with some cool patterns on it. Um, some uh, new and exciting stuff within the SDA Summer Collection. Sharp Shades 2.0 are finally out. You're going to get some new sunglasses, some new affordable, durable, polarized sunglasses. And then the Misfit Athletics Games Collection, July 22nd. Let's go. Lots of shorts. Cool shirts, all that good stuff. Sharpentheaxeco.com. Use the code CYCLE2 for 15% off. We always give you 10. We're going to give you 15, but it's only going to last for one wow. week. Damn. Sharpentheaxeco.com. Use the code CYCLE2. Get you 15% off. Hunter, how is Team Misfit going? It's going great. Continuously adding more affiliates. We just uh, just added another overseas affiliate, too. So super excited about that. But if you guys are interested... Uh, teammisfit.com for all your affiliate programming and coaching needs. Uh, the GPP program, we're introducing a test retest day to the month of July, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's a theme or something that people tend to like about the competitor program because they get to test retest. Uh, members get to see kind of their progress. So we're doing that on a slightly smaller scale with the GPP program. And then with a subscription for the month of July, you will get all five training weeks uh, just happens to work out that way. Damn, all five training five weeks, weeks of cycle two. Uh, and then that retest week of cycle two will come in August. So now I feel like we say that every time, but now is an awesome time to to get your gym on board to either of those programs. And that's uh, teammisfit.com. So maybe you're not a gym. Maybe you're an individual looking for some killer programming. You've gone to Misfit Athletics. You've seen the Misfit WOD. You want to know what else do you guys have behind that paywall that I can't get to right now? We have a bunch of new cool stuff coming out this cycle. We are also going to offer you a free week of the plus tier that'll let you have full access to the blog so you can see what we have for and hatchet. the hatchet program you can see what we have for our competitors if that's still not enough for you, you want to know what else we have you can then subscribe to the pro tier which would give you all the features and plus plus some weakness templates the master's program um bigger deer, uh, gear discounts as well as a discount to our summer camp that's coming up here real Ooh. soon in august um, and if you want a little bit more, you want your programming ahead of time, you want some connection with the Misfit coaches, we do have the complete tier for anyone interested in talking to us via Facebook and that Facebook group, or just, you know, I'd like to know what my week's going to be like on Sunday night. So now you have a chance to see everything that's coming up ahead of time, maybe move things around. Maybe you got to swim on Wednesday and you gotta go to the track on Thursday, you can move things around, which, you know, it's nice to know what's coming up for the entire week. So check that out. Uh, really hope you guys enjoy the, uh, the free week. Uh, the code for that is cycle two code for that is going to be cycle two one thing that i forgot it's like setting your password as password <laughs> true i said some wow those are all my passwords <laughs> one thing that i forgot that's sort of within the realm of sharpen the axe misfit summer camp 2019 Damn. august 23rd through the 25th um we're, we're changing things up this year we are going to sort of create that camp counselor vibe with some of the fittest men and women on earth confirmed as of right now, Cody Mooney, 
Mackenzie Riley, Travis Williams. There will be more games level athletes here. Um, they are going to kind of navigate you through uh, the weekend a little bit more this time. Um, you can get some insight into to what they do and how they do it, and they'll be training right alongside you. Um, and that summer camp field will take us outside, take us to the beach in Maine, which is great during August. Um, there's going to be barbecues at lunch every day. We're just really trying to, we know that we can bring, bring the heat with the product on, you know, how do you move? How should you follow the programming? All that good stuff. And we're trying to ramp that fun level up and sharpen the ax. We'll be providing gear that you cannot get anywhere else. Exclusive. Unless you come to camp, it will be free. So sharpen the click on summer camp and get your ticket now. Cheer. All right, Seth, this is the eighth cycle two. Okay. It's hard to believe. Why? This is number eight. It's hard to believe. Wow. What is different about this? Why would someone listen to this podcast and not go back and listen to one from 2014? (laughs) Well, they probably could do that, and they would have a lot of the same themes uh, with, you know, us making sure that they bring the intensity, scale to make it appropriate for them, all that other stuff. But as far as, like, the bells and whistles of what to expect – there's just lots of things that we're able to see and I'm able to see from this change of season with the new sanctionals format and games format that can be big time difference makers or even be a difference maker in the open. And one of the things I keep seeing come up that it just seems like people either have it or they don't. And I don't see a ton of progress as far as like the general population of competitive athletes go are things like double unders and rope climbs. So for whatever reason, sanctions is coming to an end for this year. And this has just driven me absolutely crazy. People are still not efficient with their double unders. They're still working way harder than they should. They're still tense as can be. And it's the time like if, I guess if I don't give someone this opportunity, they're never going to improve on them. So if you can't figure out, after cycle two, how to relax with your jump rope, like just throw it away or, or get a new jump rope. I don't Noted. Know. I'll but, make sure I do like, that. Yeah. 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 Sure. If I'm talking to you, throw it away. So just Noted. The dolphin. This, you have to not just treat the, the double under as like just another, you know, just, just going through the motions, actually take a minute and look at how you're, you're moving with it. Like we talk about with all that movements, try to re- relax and make it more of a almost a recovery style movement like you can pace a row or pace a run you should be able to pace a double under and actually make it so it's not detrimental to the rest of your workout so there's a lot of double unders coming up in all different situations and then the other rope rope climbs both legless and mostly standard is what i'm talking about actually is people still are using their arms way too much trying to get up and down a rope yeah it's ridiculous like we've made a bunch of videos about it the only thing i can think of is like again giving athletes the opportunity to have rope climbs every week if not more than once a week to actually have some time to practice the skill part of it maybe stop giving a shit what your actual time is in the workout and just slow it down and figure out how to get up and down a rope and it's not just getting up the rope it's getting down the rope too people suck at getting down the rope and it's really simple and if you just took a couple minutes in practice like the difference you can make on your times and these I mean, like even open workouts with double unders or sanctional workouts with double unders, heavy double unders or rope climbs, like this rope climbs, all that stuff. You could chop off a lot of time just being efficient. It's the type of movement that we're just not paying attention to. So um, I just hammered cycle two with ropes. And was, <laughs> that sounds kind of funny. Going to add but, to this, yeah. this is a video on our uh, on our YouTube of you and I going head to head on 20 rope climbs. And 
Oh, yeah. I would consider myself a little bit fitter than you, but you whooped my ass in it because you were way more efficient going down and up. So And you gave up. I mean, I just sucked. Yeah, honest, and but, you quit on me. But, and but, I'm not but, even but, that good. I'm just, just okay. Yeah, you're okay, but you were more efficient that day, which allowed you to stay ahead of me. So there's, there's a lot to be said about taking your time with something like this. And if there's a focus, like learning how to climb the rope well, up and down, like take this opportunity and use it. Yeah. It's it's funny that yeah. you say that because we we had rope climbs in an affiliate workout the other day and there was a member who I watched go up the rope and I was like wow she has gotten so much better at climbing the rope and then she Ooh, went she hand up. over hand for like <laughs> what felt like an hour and a half on the way down and it's like <laughs> damn you have this new skill and you're not going to be able to express it like further and further into this metcon it's like damn okay right. so that's a huge part. Can you imagine being at the top? I mean, me with my size of my damn hands going like boom, 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 like all the way down. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine how hard that would, would be. Would you rather do two pull-ups or 30? And, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. 30. Yeah. No, yeah. wrong answer. Sorry. <laughs> so that's, that's one of the themes. Other things that we won't get into as much detail about just sprinkling in a lot more strict handstand push-up work and then handstand walks mixed into more variants of pieces. So you're not just practicing the handstand walk by itself, but just trying to throw it in every scenario we can come up with. Um, but a lot of strict handstand pushups, just getting that pressing volume in. And then the barbell sets you'll find in intervals and metcons. Um, they're almost like a tease. So there's like a lot of high rep barbell movements with light weights, like things like power snatches with 75 pounds, where it doesn't really make sense to go singles, but does it make sense to hold on for 30 reps in a row? You know, it kind of puts you in a situation where you have to think about how you want to break things up, how you want to hold on, what that pace looks like. And then there's some smaller sets with a barbell that are a little heavier, but the workout might be shorter. So again, it tempts you to hold on to the bar because you're not sure that if you do go singles to a certain point, are you giving away too much time with like a, you know, a real short, like three round couplet. So the barbell kind of uh, will present some puzzles for you to try to solve, to find out what's most efficient for you as an athlete. I think one thing that's kind of important about that is uh, it's actually a theme for the masters as well. It's like those, those either it's either a very manageable barbell set or a bigger, lighter set, like you're saying, and the importance of moving, going from one movement to the next, recognizing that there's a, that transition period. And if it's that lighter barbell that it doesn't make sense to hold on to for a massive set, it's going from the previous movement and just getting a set done of that, that movement, either whether it's a gymnastics or a barbell movement. And it just kind of relates to that. The, the article you wrote about rest and transitions, you know, like just moving from one, there's that natural rest period between movements. And sometimes if it's a if the situation calls for it you need to get right to work on that next movement because you're going to add an unnecessary rest period to it yeah exactly and and yeah and, and people i don't think people have quite solved that yet like it should become semi-automatic for better athletes to look at a piece and be able to to know themselves well enough to decide whether i need to hold on i need to break this i need to go singles like whatever it is if that's not i mean that's again that should just be automatic you've gone through enough scenarios if you're at a high level you should know these things if you're not paying attention to it you're just missing out on a chance to capitalize on something that could be thrown right down the middle to you the the strict handstand push up thing is is something where I feel like we throw that PSA out every year about the way that you move, but it's kind of like a a, a microcosm of 
you working throughout an entire year anyways like yeah like you need to get close to the wall you need to tuck your chin and you know keep your your spine neutral and you need to press and be fast or get off the wall i mean there's so many people trying to grind through these reps and treating it like it's the last two or three reps at a sanctional and you got to run across the finish line and you're in round one or it's an unbroken challenge kick up move fast keep your spine neutral and you'll develop a capacity and it takes months to develop a capacity in in a system where you essentially only have fast twitch so it take the time to do it and it's going to pop up a bunch and you're going to have the choice of like okay i can continue to grind through these reps and you can continue to be that person who's insanely fit and you're out on the competition floor standing there doing nothing not being able to you know really show what you're capable of because you didn't take the time to move well throughout cycle one two three and four i was just gonna say like i we've talked about before on the podcast but something with upper body like doing pull-ups every single day or every other day or doing push-ups every other day or doing strict handstand push-ups every other day or something that your body can handle and the demonstration of you not being able to do that at competition is just you showing that you're not prepared and not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you know we did this for a long time where we just said all right at the end of the session let's just do 10 sets of five or 10 sets of three or i'm going to try to accumulate 50 strict handstand push-ups in as few sets as possible and maybe you're not at 50 maybe your number is 10 maybe your number is 15 whatever your number is don't use that like i can't do 50 or i can't do 25 or i can't do 10 in a row or whatever your number is to say i just not good at this type well of thing. neither of us used to be able to do 20 strict handstand push-ups no, and we just close. did the three by 20 unbroken both of us yeah because we get close to the wall keep our spine neutral and try to move fast and if we're not moving fast kick off the wall like, yeah i just i just love the uh you know people are always looking for hey what else can i be doing what else can i be doing and you know a lot of times they you know they go for the sexy movements the muscle-ups the bar muscle-ups the handstand push-ups and some of them are gonna some of them are gonna have a greater effect on your like your training the rest of the week or the rest of the cycle or whatever but something with a little bit of extra upper body accessory movement for me, like doing doing strict pull ups one day a week has helped my kipping pull ups, help my muscle ups, help my bar muscle ups. Same goes for strict handstand push ups. It's going to help your pressing. It's going to help your ability to stabilize weight overhead. There's just so much carry over there, and the fact that you can train it so frequently without too much uh, like of a hangover effect of it, it should be something you know. If you're not good at them, something you start including basically every other day. In, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I just want to add and kind of piggybacking on what you guys said. You have to look at it like an opportunity. So if you follow the blog like to a T and the opportunity comes up to work on the strict handstand push-up and you suck at it, you don't just go through the motions like, oh shit, all right, I got my strict handstand push-up working, whatever. It's the opportunity to get better at the strict handstand push-up. And again, just like you guys were saying, if you're not moving better and actually giving a shit while you're working on it, you won't improve. So if you're in that split position with your legs are aimed in two different directions and you're barely locking them out and you're just trying to get through the, the reps to tell everyone your score, you might as well have just not done it because you're just hurting yourself. So like look at it as a real good opportunity to improve on it and just a bunch of small doses over time will make a huge difference. So Indeed. yeah. 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 So those are the themes basically overall of the the cycle. It's, it's more, you know, CrossFit 
functional fitness related stuff. It's just that the things that I see getting in the way of people being successful at competition are the same things, but certain things people are improving on. People are all getting stronger, learning how to cycle a bar better, taking more chances. People are actually running these days, but it doesn't seem like some of the nitty gritty skills, they just feel like they have them and they don't improve on them, but they can make such a big difference. So that's kind of what we're hammering for cycle two. Um, anyone want to jump on the strength stuff? Yeah. The, the, the strength stuff right now, we are, as people know by now, eighth cycle two, we're pretty big fans <laughs> of the back squat as our like main driver for, for, you know, heavy CNS load strength. So you're, you're going to get your three rep max cycle, um, that we've, that we've featured the, uh, the last few years. Those two days a week are going to be mandatory. Um, for anybody that hasn't followed that before, we're going to work up to a heavy single, which we really like around 90%. Please don't try to max out every week. Um, <laughs> and then you're going to go to, to triples. Uh, later on in the week, you're going to do speed work. And we put those two together, and you typically come out the other side with a higher three rep max. Um, we try to work from one rep to five rep and then beyond into CrossFit territory as the season goes on. Um, Anybody that's looking to get that kind of extra strength work in there, we have the the tried and true uh, back rack walking lunges and Bulgarian split squats. If you're the type of person, um, this is definitely the type of person that I used to be, like rely a lot on the bounce, like don't have that true like grinded out strength, where if you slowed things down, your max would go down by like 400 pounds. Um, <laughs> these, these things do so much for that supporting system and those muscles that you're supposed to have that a lot of us don't have that rely on that like almost front squat style back squat where you get super upright and try to bounce the, um, the unilateral stuff like almost nothing better bang bang for your buck wise aside from you know like back squatting yeah and it teaches you what muscles you don't work right like yeah when, when crossfitters push a sled yeah. or do lunges or do whatever it's like oh why do we all have back problems because we don't have a back yeah. or hamstrings or, or posterior chain at posterior all. chain so so this is going to help a lot jump right onto the posterior chain thing. We've got some sumo deadlifts in there. Another way, sort of like the back squat, load up the CNS, but keep it a little bit more safe than, than you know, pulling heavy deadlifts every week, which is super challenging yeah. with all of this other stuff that we have in there. Last but not least, something that I absolutely love is alternating weeks of pause work within the overhead squat and the front squat. Um, we've, we've, felt this way for a long time those are more expressions of strength than something that can be a true standalone strength program and so much of that expression of your strength that you create within the back squat and the deadlift and all of your gpp work is positioning so pause work puts a magnifying glass on your positioning you get to the bottom and the bar falls from your hands or from your front rack, things probably aren't going so well. So we go with the pause work there. If you need that, that's going to translate a lot to just your front squat, your overhead squat, but obviously the Olympic lifts as well. Um, this, as a lot of people know, I'm kind of like running through this stuff right now. So feel free to stop me, guys, yeah, if, if you want to jump. I in actually anything. do want to clarify because we get this question yeah. every single cycle of every year. The back <laughs> squat, heavy single around 90% of your one rep max and then five by three at X percent of your one rep max. Not of your three rep max. Correct. Always. Specify. Yep. Always. Yeah. And you guys, yeah. you guys have done it twice recently. 
please take your most recent number. Don't take the number from when you were doing the gallon of milk challenge in college and you weighed off. like 340. <laughs> like that's not your max. Your, your bones won't like it. Um, okay. Olympic weightlifting. This, this cycle is sort of like the cycle one. Like oh, this is the cycle yep. one of Olympic weightlifting, just in terms of how we do things with the back squat. We really focus in that yeah. first cycle about skill, and now we're going old school, good old fashioned triple double single. The numbers that we know that everyone's known for a long time make you stronger. We have some. We we really like the warm up stuff that we do within cycle one. So we've moved that into cycle two a little bit more. Something like four by two at sixty to seventy percent with a pause at the knee. We're just making sure that as you're warming up you're thinking about those positions that you need to be in because we go seven by one and if you didn't think about your positions at all and just rip the barbell off the floor and hope that it ends up overhead like a lot of those memes say that's what the snatch is it's not going to go so well yeah a lot of times too people forget either they go from cycle one which is essentially all positional work and then cycle two where we're pulling completely from the floor and omit completely any semblance of positional warm-up reps and stuff like that and then they wonder why their snatch hasn't or clean and jerk hasn't gone anywhere you just spent an entire six-week cycle focusing on that continue carry that over into the stuff from the floor and yeah watch it pay off the weightlifting class i taught on tuesday here at the gym had a 35 minute warm-up to give you some sort of idea (laughs) of what what you really need to do to find a one rep max. Yeah. What should you feel I, like when you're going through? I that? look at this as too is like taking cycle one and cycle two is putting the whole thing together. Like cycle I know we talk about being positional in cycle one, but they really what we're working on is that third pull, learning how to pull yourself under the barbell, which is a huge component that most crossfitters don't necessarily do all that well. You now have an additional pull now working on your first and second pull, the pull from the ground and the pull to the knees. You now put that whole picture together in hopes for a cycle three when we start going back to more CrossFit style. Can you hit these positions even under fatigue and under you know cardiac duress it's essentially putting that whole package together right working one pulls one and two now in addition to what you learned last cycle putting it together and hopefully leading to a nice big pr by the end right and and anybody that's that's coming into this cycle that that learned really well in cycle one to pull under the barbell but is still having that issue with pulling from the floor like you're not a natural puller you pull underneath the bar well you receive the bar well but you'd love it if it didn't feel so damn heavy an inch off the ground um we have a non-mandatory day for you guys you're going to be doing liftoffs you're going to be doing deadlifts and then you're going to be doing snatches so you're going to be going through like with heavier weight at the beginning and kind of going down to the to the power clean to the power snatch you're gonna get some real pulling volume in there and pulling volume within the positions that's the important part when you go to power snatch and you go to snatch deadlift do not just let your butt shoot <laughs> up in one. the air <laughs> yeah. hope you might get the bar back to your hip and then go overhead take the time to mix the two concepts together positioning and improving your pulling um, last but not least, we have mandatory alternating push press and split jerk. And that is sort of the same idea as that cycle one versus cycle two thing. Some people are really good at throwing themselves under the bar. And some people are good at that big hip extension, really solid pressing strength. We need to be able to marry those two concepts together. A really solid split jerk is being able to, to feel comfortable with that heavy load and get that solid dip drive and then have the actual the the split jerk there so alternating between push press and split jerk gives you an opportunity okay i need to get stronger i need to be able to express that strength a little bit more yeah well done i just want to add 
One thing, uh, the, the clean and snatch liftoff, I know that we have some uh, content out there on that. The clean liftoff and snatch liftoff to me is like a, uh, it's like a check-in because when you pull the bar off the ground to your knee, you should feel that like extreme engagement in the posterior chain that you may actually be missing and not realize it. Um, a lot of people, you know, when you set up on the on the ground for an Olympic lift, that, that weight can be a lot more forward in your foot until you get to that position in front of the knee as it starts to shift back. And people sometimes are mistimed in where their weight transfer is. And that clean lift off in front of the knee will show you whether you're in the position to actually have that leverage based on how your glutes feel and, and hamstrings. So to me, that clean liftoff is like a gauge. Am I in the right position? Am I optimal over the bar? Like is the bar where it needs to be as I lift? And as much as it's a help in engaging the posterior chain for the clean deadlift and then the power snatch after, it's like a it's like a metric to see if you're actually doing what it is you need to do. Because some people don't even realize that the weight's not where it's supposed to be and they just keep snatching and cleaning and yeah, they get stronger, but they'll cap out at a certain point as opposed to being as uh, you know, effective as they can do in the posterior chain during the pull. So that's, that's like the important part of it to me. Yeah. And, and as you, as you coach for longer and longer, you learn in the Olympic lifts just to stare at people's feet, essentially throughout the entire lift, yeah, you're going to find out, you, to you know, what's going on. And we get a lot of people that get obsessed with that, like, like CrossFit L1, like, like heels, 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 drag the bar up your shin sort of a thing. And they will, you know, start to transfer their way back, but they'll do it too much and their toes will pick up and you you'll be able to notice in your warm-up go to that go to that low hang position do that lift off with hardly any weight on the bar and then pick your toes up and see what happens to that tension and not to mention when you get back to your to your uh, power position you're gonna have to slam your toes down to get them back down and to jump we don't necessarily yeah. jump that high off our heels no no we saw a lot of athletes that do that too they go from the toes off the ground heels down as the bar is approaching the hip and then they rock into their toe the same people that broad jump forward in their snatch and they're clean and they're the ones that yeah. you know, understand that the bar path is less than advantageous and why they're stuck at the same weight forever and ever and it's something as simple as you aren't balanced in your base if you don't have a good base you can't exert power so it's all about that force production that you can create with your hip extension and you need a solid base to do that yeah, that pause and that clean liftoff will tell quite a story at that point, which is like a real pivotal point, obviously, in the lift. So, yeah. Well, what is happening with Metcons and intervals in bitch work? All right. I'll field this. The Metcons and intervals, <laughs> real straightforward. We t we talked about we talked about uh, the themes that'll be kind of expressed throughout the Metcons and intervals. There, are all the Metcons and all the intervals are all mandatory this cycle. There's three Metcons a week and there's three intervals a week. Um, only one day do they overlap each other. It's almost like a Metcon Tuesday. Yay! But. Um, <laughs> But the rest of the days, it's one or the Fuck. other with a bitch work or, or with something else <laughs> like that. Um, not a lot to get into. You guys know the variants that we program, the styles that we have. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of that for Metcon's intervals. Bitch work, however, is a big shift from cycle one. So we were all focused on um, expressing the monostructural work against a clock. So we worked for X amount of time and, uh, that was no matter how far we got, that's, that's what we were doing or how many calories we got. It's the opposite this time. So now we have distances to cover. We have calories to sprint or, or finish. Um, we have reps to worry about. 
so that's what you're going to see a lot of. The week will look a little something like this. You'll have some distance repeats one day, um, like middle distance. You'll have a long day. You'll have a sprint day as always. And the sprints are, are basically from bikes and both types of bikes this cycle. So as we're learning and we've known for a while, but other people are starting to learn that are getting the bike erg. The sprint between the bike erg and the assault bike are just two completely different animals. And even though you're pedaling a bike in a similar fashion, the what it requires from you are completely different. Um, but they're both extremely beneficial to sprint on. Uh, so you'll be sprinting on both, hopefully, if you can get your hands on both. And then we have one day that's like a mixed machine or mixed movement. So uh, you might, you know row and bike in one day, you might do double unders and run in one day, just two kind of mixed monostructural things together um, so that you can transition from one to the other and realize that things obviously affect each other. So. And then when we, when we get into the extra now, um, essentially all of it is non-mandatory. You're going to be making those decisions as you go through with the extra, you know, um, and, and, you know, when you think of something that is extra, that makes sense. You're trying to figure out, do I need to do the strength work today or do I need to work on my strict handstand pushups? Do I need to do a 5k row or do I want to cop out and do the overhead yoke carry? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I'm talking about, my, I'm talking about myself specifically. Sure. Sherb needs, Sherb needs to do his handstand walking. He doesn't need another 5k, but if I tried to give anyone an excuse as to why I shouldn't be rowing a 5k, it's probably just because I don't want to be embarrassed. I was just going to say that the extra stuff in the cycle I thought was kind of unique to years past is that you know with the new season the new schedule and the fact that you're going to need to be like ready at any time it almost feels like competitor like gpp like you're getting a good dose of everything that might be required at one of these events that you know at certain parts of the year we were kind of ramping up for you know regionals or the games because we know there might be a sled or it might be a sled at the games and now if you want to go compete with these sanctionals you don't know if you're going to have to push a sled you know in july again and then in september and again in february like so i i think this is kind of a cool thing to add into our the programming has like a new layer is almost like a competitor GPP is what it feels like to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to, I was just going to say, I really like the, uh, the kind of the double, like the movement interference that comes in the extra work. So like overhead yoke carry followed by handstand walk, something like that, a dumbbell, dumbbell hang clean, and then chest to bar. There's obvious, some obvious like movement interference. That's going to make that second, movement more challenging uh i think that's going to benefit a lot of people move who properly or who, don't move yeah, yeah exactly uh that'll that'll definitely exploit some some inefficiencies in people's movement so that, yeah and a lot of them add. a lot of them are not for time either so you're, you're exactly right the interference is there on purpose and it kind of gives you a gauge on like if you held on for 20 double dumbbell cleans like which is basically just like a jumping bicep curl essentially like how long does the pump last in my bicep before i dare to jump up and hit a set of 21 chest bar like what does that do to me how does that break me down over time that's just one example of um like the not for times that you'd see on there yeah where you have to kind of have do some learning while you're doing the training at the same time there's just there's just so many variables in the sport that we come across in you know, I don't know how many times we've seen like a classic example of someone says, Oh, I can do going back to rope climbs. I can do three legless rope climbs in like 25. That's how fast I can cycle them. But then they just had to hang on for 21 hand cleans. And now they have to go do three rope climbs. Like yeah. what does that actually do to your grip and your pull? It's completely different. And you can't gauge off of 
the other stuff. So until you have enough scenarios where, like you said, you've run interference on somebody to, to give them a situation where they remember, oh, this is just like that, when they can actually draw on that experience and then hit the things that, like you said, no matter when they want to compete during the year, they'll be somewhat prepared and have experience of things that could come up in any functional fitness event at this point. So, yeah. So quickly moving on to the, to the hatchet program. Um, there isn't a whole lot that we just said that does not apply to the hatchet program. Um, you're, you're just going through and, and noticing that the choices are kind of already made for you to create what over the course of five days is a, is a well-rounded program. Um, with, with the changes to our sport and us figuring out how to navigate that as coaches and then in turn, you know, helping you guys navigate this whole situation is the concept of like, if you, if you're looking at one of these programs, you can say to yourself, um, I, I need to jump into some of these templates. Like that pro subscription is going to give you the opportunity to say, okay, I just listened to the podcast. This is lining up for me, but I have this competition coming up or I'm not as worried about the open and I really need to focus on X, Y, or Z. You can get the templates and plug those into your program. And I think that's where a lot of the, a lot of the programming is going to go for people who have those periods of time throughout the year where they're like, okay, I'm going to have to peak in two months. Um, I need to get more of X, Y, or Z in. And a lot of that can be done through the template stuff. The, yeah. the program's going to encompass, you know, more GPP style, but we still can't skip over the things that we know work really well, like a certain back squat cycle or a certain, you know, Olympic weightlifting cycle. So as you go through this stuff, it's it's going to be imperative to to think about where you are at in your season specifically. And if you do need to make some changes, things like weakness templates or getting your programming in advance or, or any of these other things I think are going to make a big difference in, in how you navigate the season because it's going to be different for almost everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah I 100% everyone. agree. Yeah. And I agree totally with that. And like to, to, to add on what you're talking about, like just to put a, a reference out there for people like week one, there's three straight pieces week two, there's one strength piece. Not that you won't be Olympic lifting and doing other things with a barbell. Week three, there's five strength pieces. So in that particular column, things vary because of and the this amount is for the hatchet program specifically. It's for hatchet. Exactly. And so like one of the templates, like you talk about that we put together was like a very simple, but effective linear strength uh, program that you can basically just lay over the top of your hatchet program. So you can pull out the more, I don't want to say random, but more like, uh, periodic lifts and have something that fits your, uh, you know, if you do, if strength is your thing, you can actually just lay a strength cycle right over the top and take those things out and then just focus on the conditioning that's in there for hatchet. Or like you said, I mean, there's a number of templates to do that with. We've had questions about like, Hey, why aren't I squatting twice this week? But the blog is well, because you also are missing out on your bitch work or you're missing out on this skill or you're missing out on this. It's impossible to squeeze in the amount of stuff you have to be good at you know, and have a full cycle of strength and a full cycle of this and a full cycle of that. You have to get the important like daily bites of it so that you continue to stay well-rounded. But there are ways, like you said, to just plug in that extra stuff that you know you specifically need and take out some of the stuff that's a little more just keeping you well-rounded or, or making, yeah, so. And the sport is trending towards being more well-rounded 
at more times, at more points throughout the season. So this isn't an open invitation to say, I should change everything and just work on my lifting. Like I know that, right. that a lot of times, like like your subconscious will see an opening like that in a description and go, oh, okay, I need to do this. <laughs> so that whole more well-rounded thing is not because we don't have enough, necessarily just because we don't have enough spaces within Hatchet, but because we are purposefully prioritizing that stuff. We're looking Absolutely. at it and saying, here are our choices. What is going to create the fittest, most well-rounded athlete that's going to follow three pieces a day? And, and that's what the program is. So, um, you know, there are, I shouldn't, I shouldn't just put it towards strength. There are plenty of bitch work templates as well. So if you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, like I'm actually pretty good at X, Y, and Z, maybe you're bigger and you're great on the machines, but you haven't, you know, moved your body well with running and you need to run more or vice versa. You're a little bit smaller, you crush everyone on the runs and then you can't, you know, get your wattage up on the machines. You can work on that stuff specifically within the templates. So there's, there's a lot of places to go, but at the end of the day, it's not just about process of elimination. Like this is truly what we think creates the fittest hatchet athlete. Yeah. And uh, I just checked the numbers too, on the downloads for the templates. There's been uh, 37,000 downloads on the strength template and only two downloads on the bitch work. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> broken. Can you, can you take a look at that for us, Ted? I'm not sure if the link has been taken down or something. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you guys right now that, like, I feel like the assault bike is that, like, scary machine in the corner that, like, like, like I'm trying to think of maybe, like, uh, Home Alone, the heater in the basement. <laughs> like, that, that sort of shit. Like, like for me it's convenient because it's in my house and i know that i can ruin myself in i don't know 30 <laughs> short seconds. order yeah, yeah really fast yeah. like you you can everyone can get better at that machine and it loses some of its power over you mentally not physically like like hunter and i had one day where oh, we damn. each kept looking at each other and going how is it still getting worse how do i feel worse than i did while i was riding it but like your attitude towards it changes you have that like instead of like i never want to get on this thing again you're laughing while you're going too fast knowing that you're going to about to break yourself <laughs> like like it does get better i'm in danger <laughs> exactly so so you can assault bike rower skier running all of that stuff it's no different than what seth's talking about with the ropes you can get better at that stuff part of it's desensitizing yourself to the whole concept that it's the worst thing in the world and the other part is just ten thousand hours put you know put your reps in get your shit done and it'll get easier I mean, I just think of that machine as being the best bang for your buck. If you have like five minutes all all day, all you have is five minutes to go exercise. You go there and you do like a minute on, two minutes off, one minute on, and then you're done for the entire day. If you you go are, on. you are. But I promised uh, my wife that I would be done one time in 20 minutes, and then I think I cried in the shower for like 45 minutes after. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a I had an anniversary. I'll be off the to go bike to. in five yeah. minutes. Yeah. I'll be off the bike soon. I won't. I won't be able to speak for at least. An hour. Yeah, that Ace Ventura meme with the spears and the legs is exactly how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. The one from the Nature Calls when oh my god, it exactly feels like there's two spears in my quads. If you guys haven't watched the the bitch work with Cody at, at CrossFit oh, yeah. Solace on our YouTube channel, it is so funny because like 
we sent Ted with like instructions, like don't let him pull up early, like and the time, the, having it be time instead of calories oh, helped yeah. a lot with that. He couldn't ghost ride because there was no, you know, your score is just what you put in there. And he kept yelling about how he had compartment syndrome, <laughs> and like it was so good. I texted him and was like, "Hey, thanks for doing that video." And he was just like, "I hurt myself for you, buddy." I don't. <laughs> I, was like, I put the like next progression of his on his sheet, and he goes, "I don't think I can do that again. I don't think the. I don't think I, I actually texted myself. him." After after that because it was 25 seconds of the day he did with Kenny and then yeah. the 35 was the next one and I sent him my scores and he goes no thanks I don't want to feel like that ever again <laughs> <laughs> so there's that all right well Seth do you yeah. want to touch on uh, Misfit Wad at all uh, not that it, it it's changed significantly it uh, kind of has I know yeah. we talked a little bit about yeah. injecting some more Metcons rather than kind of the lifting did you want to want to hit on that at all yeah, yeah. Just real quick, it's just uh, I'm just trying to make it sexier than ever. I just want people to get excited about that one and done for those that are not going to spend 90 minutes to four hours in the gym every day. Um, it is a it is still a good mix of uh, GPP fitness, a one a day thing. You still have some lifts, but the lifts will almost always have a time component or some sort of breathing component. There's a lot less just like three rep max back squat like this maybe some of that but there's a lot less of that there's just more conditioning more um variants more like couplets and triplets and it's honestly when i think about the pieces that i want to put in there it's a lot more fun writing those pieces because it uh it is training but you get to write them almost like it's a competition because you know people care the most about their scores for those pieces yeah. so I just keep it in mind, like it is the highlight to a lot of people's day, a lot of people's training day. <laughs> it becomes the low light after they do the piece, but like for a moment they get excited about it. And uh, yeah, just trying to make them hard, you know, challenging, fun, mix up the scale, just a little bit of everything for everyone. And uh, I think it came out better this time than last time. And we'll just keep on, keep on making it better. Sick. Is that it? Did we do it? <laughs> Sick. That's it. Do it. Uh, there will be a separate age group masters podcast. So masters, don't think we forgot about you. We're just going to no more teens do that separately. Masters and right. teens. Now I'm done. All right. That was the cycle two podcast from misfit athletics. Thank you for listening. Uh, like subscribe, comment, do all the things that you can do. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Um, just a reminder, all of our podcasts are now under the misfit podcast umbrella. The Cycle Podcast that you just listened to, the Unprepared Podcast, the Misfit Project is back. All of that stuff is showing up under the Misfit Podcast, just in case you're you know, watching this on YouTube and want to know where to get our more standard podcasts. I think we did it. We did it. Thanks for watching. Good luck, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.